0: Hello everyone, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, and the following episode was recorded on December 2nd, 2020, as a live stream a few weeks after my hospitalization, and this episode will talk all about that, so please sit back and enjoy. Please support the show on Patreon. Thank you. Welcome, welcome to a new episode of Schlapped finally. I'm able to do another episode here. This time, we're doing it a little differently. We're going to go live for this one. I've never done a live stream of this magnitude before, but here we are. And I have not been able to do a podcast or an episode in almost two months now. I've kind of been going through some ups and downs over the past several weeks. And I've been dealing with a lot of health issues over these past several weeks and it's been kind of a roller coaster to say the least. Kind of a a really weird journey, you can say. Just one thing after another and uh, it's been pretty wild, I would say. Uh, just uh, I guess it all started back in June. But before I get ahead of myself, um, I've been home for a couple of weeks now. I'm alive and well. I'm doing pretty darn great, I would say. And it's just uh been weird, I would say. It's just uh it's always weird when you come home after such you could almost say traumatic events. Um a lot of things were going on those several weeks and I was in the hospital, but before I continue, I'll give you a little backstory. So, give you a little backstory. I guess this all started back in June when I finally, after 25 years of having my feeding tube in my stomach, I just decided to get rid of it. Get rid of it for good. And so that involved going to the doctor, going to a gastroenterologist, uh, and they just took it out. They took it out on June 10th or 11th, I believe. And they said at the time that when you take it out, your hole in your stomach will just close up and in a few days, you'll be fine. And I'm thinking, okay, great. A few, Several weeks go by, it's not closing very much and fast forward a little bit, I ended up having a couple of surgeries. Now, the first procedure was a, um, when they go in through your mouth, down your chest cavity, into your stomach to close up on the inside. They did that. It didn't work out the most that they wanted. It worked out a little bit, but like they... um closed it or they stapled it. And it worked a little, but not completely closing. So something is still up. And so a month later in September, um, I got another surgery, a gastrectomy. A gastrectomy is basically where they cut away or do a little bit of work on your stomach lining. So they did that and they, I thought that would be the answer as well. Um, again, it helped a little bit, but this ultimately led to a lot more problems. This led to some more stomach issues, and it actually led to some pneumonia. And this is when things really started to get a little wild with my health. So I was having Um, eating issues, I was having pain whenever I would breathe in my left side. And so this is like a week after I've been home from my surgery, so I go back into the hospital. Granted, this is one of three plus hospitalizations. The first one being uh, the small surgery or a small procedure back in August. And then the second one being the gastrectomy. So now we're on the third one. We're on the third hospitalization. And this is me going in for uh, the pneumonia, the pain in my side, and the stomach issues. Now I'm bleeding in that area as well. And so I go in and I'm in for like three weeks to solve all these issues. First, they got to solve the pneumonia, which is crazy in itself. And then for the couple weeks after that, then they have to solve the stomach issues. Granted, there's a lot of stuff going on in between. And with the COVID going on at this point and rising in cases, uh, about halfway through this hospitalization um, I can't see anyone anymore. So for like two straight weeks I couldn't see my family, I couldn't see anybody. I had to fight this battle on my own. Or at least in that kind of sense, when you're in the hospital. So in that kind of time frame, uh what was going on is uh sorry, it's a lot to just review and go back on and think about all the stuff you go through and I'm thinking about this now. Um, All I remember really is just um, a lot with the pneumonia aspect and really it wasn't like the typical pneumonia, it wasn't the wet kind of pneumonia, it was more like a, there's pneumonia there but there's also some fluid going on on the outside of your lung that's causing some collapse issues. And so it was just a little odd, but uh, that's enough right there. And I remember a lot of fighting to keep my breathing mask on. And so they were getting rid of of the pneumonia. They were getting it out of me, but I still felt a lot of pressure to keep my breathing mask on. And it was so bad to the point I almost had to fight to keep it on because At the same time, the medical staff wanted me to, you know, wing me, wing me off of it, to keep me off of it, to breathe on my own. And I tried that, I really did, but my body wouldn't like that at all. I had to like fight to keep it on. It was actually really frightening. I would take it off for five minutes and I was already suffering. And now, you know, they keep telling you, like, you're doing okay. Your breathing numbers are fine. And I'm thinking to myself, No, I'm freaking out here. Clearly something is wrong. And over and over again, God bless them, seriously. But over and over again, they would keep trying to tell me, no, Jordan, you're fine. You're just having some anxiety issues. I'm thinking, anxiety issues? What are you talking about? And granted, I don't have a history of medical anxiety or anything like that. But, um, you know, they're really pushing on that, and that right there was uh, pretty heavy. And you know, you try to breathe, you're panicking. When you're in that mode, that breathing, you're losing that air, uh, your brain freaks out a little bit, and there's not much you can really do other than panic. Your brain is in total panic mode. And so I'm hearing all these things like, no, you're fine, breathe on your own. You have anxiety, and at one point, uh, they made me try to breathe completely on my own for an hour, even though I wasn't really ready. And I did it, but it was really hard. And a couple days later, um, one of my doctors comes in and he says, no, Jordan, you don't have anxiety. You actually do have some other fluid on the outside of your lung and it's interfering with your actual membrane of your lung. It's making it try to collapse. So I'm like, okay, thank you for finally confirming that. So I was right in that area, but you know, takes a while for that to kick in, whatever. So that was scary. So for the next two weeks after all that, I have to deal with my stomach issues. My G-tube hole isn't cooperating. There's blood in the area. There's blood on the inside. I can't eat anything because it hurts at that time. So I have no idea what's going on with my body. just one of those things. And so I had to deal with that for a couple of weeks. They finally got down, or at least I thought they did. Uh, Finally came home again, home for a week. Again, and so I have. I start having, oh, when was this? Again, it's a lot to go back on and think about. So on Halloween night, of all nights, it was Saturday, Halloween night, I'm starting to have that pain again. Uh, having that pain in my lower left side. And it's pretty terrible. I can barely breathe. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, something's wrong, obviously, and I get my mom and dad to take me back in. Again, I'm only home for a week, again. So they take me back in. And turns out, hey, you got pneumonia again. On top of that, you got some fluid again in your lower left side. And again, I'm thinking, great. Gotta go through this again. I'm also there, and they give me a COVID test. And look at that, two days later, not even, I have COVID, that's wonderful. So I got COVID, a little bit of pneumonia, and I got some fluid in my lower left lung. So, and I'm thinking to myself, this is COVID, it doesn't feel like COVID. It turns out it wasn't the strongest point of COVID, thank God for that. The COVID I had wasn't directly in my lungs, which is wonderful, um, but it was kind of dancing around it, so to speak. The COVID I had uh, was influencing the spontaneous liquid that was forming around my lower left lung area causing the uh, liquid to form, to keep forming, and so on. So, here I am, again, for another two and a half weeks, back in the hospital, fighting for my life, again, and this all happens in the span of seven, eight weeks, which is crazy. and. You know, when a lot of things are going on in that time span, it's really hard to really fathom it and process it. You really can't, because there's just so much that happens in that amount of time. And, you know, even a couple weeks later, being home, reconnecting with people, um, you kind of really need to take the time to let your brain rewire itself and get back to where it was. And that can be really hard for certain people because again, there's just a lot of events that go on in between when you're staying in the hospital, Um, a lot of thoughts go through your head. You don't sleep. I didn't sleep for days, days at one point. And it took forever for me to get a real night's sleep. uh there were times I would just lay there and uh just think um you know it's one of those things where um just a man alone with his thoughts, you know like solitary like a solitary confinement kind of thing, and you would just sit there and or I should say you would just lay there and be stuck with your own mind. Um, a lot of times I, it would be like three, four o'clock in the morning. And I would just lay there thinking to myself, thinking about stuff in my own life, thinking about things I, um, wish were going, you know, it's one of those things where it's the middle of the night and you start really getting those deeper thoughts. Uh, wishing that your life went differently and um, that's the time when you have no choice uh, but to reach out to God and I think during that time when I had those sleepless nights I think that's when God and I really had the best kind of conversation and really that's all I could do was just uh sit there, lay there and talk with them. That's all I could do uh that's all um, I wanted to do actually, even during the times when I didn't want to um it's one of those things where uh you're forced to confront God, and you know we did a lot not just talking. But God and I had a lot of wrestling, too. There were things during and prior to my hospitalizations where I was just really kind of going through some stuff. Some of it was very personal. You know, some things are just between you and him. And there were uh, times when I was just really angry about some stuff going on in my life at the time. Um, Just certain things that I wanted, uh, certain directions that didn't go in the way I wanted them to. And I think leading up to my surgeries and my hospitalizations, all the frustrations and anger I was having, excuse me, frustrations and anger I was happening in my life at the time, I think, it kind of reached an apex. Like, that was uh, the wall I kind of had to hit. I'm not saying that that was the cause, or I'm not saying that God caused all my hospitalizations to happen because I was angry about stuff in my life or because I was frustrated about stuff in my life. Um, Take that how you want it. Take that with a grain of salt. Uh, I personally don't believe that. I believe God allows things to occur. But I don't think it's some cause or punishment or anything like that. Some people believe that, which is weird to me. Um, I don't. I believe it as sometimes when you think you know what you want to do with your life when you think you have a certain direction that you want to go in um i believe that uh those are times when like i was saying god does allow certain things to occur um when you're going through a hard time in your life and certain things happen, certain things change. I believe God allows things to take you out of your life for a while. Uh, For example, um, in the movie Cast Away, Tom Hanks has his life all figured out. He has a great job. He's about to propose uh, to his girlfriend and all of a sudden, He's out of his life for a while, for five years, stranded on an island. Now during this time, um, he's trying so hard to get back to his normal life. He needs to get back home to be with his girlfriend to make her his fiance. Um, He's fighting so hard to get back to his normal life. All because of her. Five years later, he finally gets back home, but life is different. Uh, She's married to somebody else. She has a child. And when he gets home, um, everything feels really weird to him, uh, to Tom Hanks' character. Um, He missed out on a lot of things, but as, um, on top of that, he didn't come back to the life that he thought he had. He didn't come back to the life he was pursuing. To the life he wanted to get back to. Everything was different. And everything felt a little off to him. It wasn't the life he was expecting. And so when I came home, Uh, from the hospital, it kind of feels like that as well. And at the end of the movie, he has to go on a new direction in his life, probably the life that was always meant for him. But he had to go through something really heavy to help him realize and get to that new direction in his life that God always had for him. And so I kind of see it the same way. Just to recap a little bit, I was going through some really bad struggles at that time uh, before my hospitalizations. Some of them were pretty heavy. And uh, I kind of reached that wall, I would say, that apex of just being frustrated and uh, angry about certain things, and so all of a sudden I'm in the hospital. All of a sudden I'm having problems with this, problems with that, and throughout all this time, not just me, but all of us, uh, in the midst of all of these struggles, you just don't know what to think. Um, it's very frustrating. Um, it's very... It can feel very unfair. Because the life you wanted to live is not what you're gonna get. Um, five years ago, I never pictured this direction that my life is going in. You know, like, uh, five years ago, at this time, Uh, Maybe I saw myself engaged or even married to uh, the girl I wanted to have. Maybe I saw myself having the right ministry job at this time. Um, I'd be doing this, I'd be doing that. Uh, It's just one of those things where you're like, where do you picture yourself five years from now? If you ask me that in 2015, I likely wouldn't have said any of this. I likely would have said what I just said before. Engaged and married at my dream ministry job, uh, doing this, doing that, uh, living potentially um, on my own or obviously because I would have been engaged and married by this time, or at least that's what I was hoping for because at that time, I was at the end of my collegiate career and yeah that's kind of how things go they kind of uh, everything changes every day and you know uh, five years later um, you see people that you know uh their their whole lives are different by this point they're doing what they wanted to do uh they're uh, people you know are themselves off getting engaged and married or they're um off getting the the right job they wanted. They're buying houses or having babies. And here you are doing the same thing you've done for several years now. And uh only I'm not you think to yourself, I'm not getting married right now. I'm not at the dream job I wanted right now. I'm not getting my own place or buying my own place. Um, I'm doing the same thing I was doing years ago and I'm still doing that and fighting for my life in hospitals or you say to yourself that I'm stuck doing this or I live in regret because of this. And so that was kind of a struggle I went through for the longest. Time still do in some ways. Uh, Many ways. (laughs) Actually, I think many of us can relate with that in some way that um, you're gonna live with certain regrets um, because you go through something really difficult and you say uh, the, the old question of why me, or you ask yourself uh, why is this the life I was given when so many other people are living the lives that they wanted to live? And you kind of just go, this isn't fair at all. So then I kind of asked myself multiple times whether I was in the hospital late at night or afterwards or whatever. Um, Just something I kind of had to learn how to deal with. Had to learn how to just, you know, roll with it. But more importantly, I really had to learn what does it mean not only to keep going, excuse me, but what does it really mean to trust God. And that was something that was something I knew about. Like you hear about this all the time. When you're going to church or to stuff you hear in ministry, even me as a pastor, I had to kind of relearn that whole process of trusting God, learning how to lean on Him and learning how to let go of the frustrations and the regrets that I was going through. And so, uh, yeah, so with that said, a lot of people um, responded to my post last week about um, me doing my live stream and saying I'm going to be talking about my hospitalization and ask people, are there any questions you have, or any topics you'd like me to uh, talk about? Um, and so, I have them right here. Here we are. All right, so some of the questions that you guys posted are, one of them is from my an old friend of mine. Her name is Destiny, it used to be, one of my old schoolmates and shout out to Destiny. Hope you're listening to this or watching this and I hope you're well, God bless you. Um, She says, how the heck you stay so strong and overcome all these battles thrown your way? I'm gonna answer this as an everybody kind of question. Um, I try to avoid making things about myself um, I don't really like that, or making it self-centered. I guess I don't know. It's just weird to me. So I'm gonna make this for everybody, and say uh kind of. I'm gonna answer that with my last thing I kind of said already. She says, "How the heck uh, do you stay so strong and overcome?" I think, like I said, I had to relearn what does it mean to really have that biblical faith? What does it really mean to trust God when everything around you is falling apart? Or during the times when you're all alone and you're literally gasping for air and you pass out? That happened to me once when I was in the hospital. I didn't have my call light with me. Um, The monitor I used for uh, the nurses, it was a tablet. Uh, The battery died on their end. And I had to keep my door shut because I was COVID positive at the time. So I didn't really have a means of contact. And so uh, the liquid in my left side was getting a little bit bad. Uh, Forming up a little bit, filling up. And I was having trouble breathing. I thought it would pass. It usually does, but it didn't that time. So, trying to breathe, trying to breathe. And all of a sudden, it gets tighter and tighter. At this point, your brain is starting to freak out because nothing you can do. No one is around. At that point, I'm like, okay, here we go. So, I'm trying to breathe. It gets tighter and tighter. All of a sudden, I'm breathing, nothing. There's no air, nothing is coming in, and I just pass out. Uh, Luckily, uh, like five minutes later, um, one of the respiratory therapists comes in. She miraculously decided to skip her lunch break to get my treatment over with, and then go on her lunch break. So she stops in, checks on me, I'm not responding at all. Like, I'm gone. And so she has to run up to me. She shakes me a little bit. This is what she told me, that is. She shakes me. I'm not really responding, you know, they call for help. They are what's called a rapid. And so all of a sudden they pump air into me. I wake up and that's it. I try to tell them, oh, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she's like, no, Jordan, you're not fine and so, uh some t- a few hours pass um I'm on my breathing mask, and I'm okay but anyway uh, uh going back to the question, um, I guess really, like I was saying before, how do you say strong and a overcome um it really was a whole new learning experience on how to really be real about it. I'm gonna be real about it right now actually. I didn't want to pray for a while. I didn't know how to pray during that time. I was just really annoyed and angry because here I am 27 years old. I'm thinking at the time that this is not how my life is supposed to go. And I'm just laying there going with my mask on my uh, BiPAP mask just laying there. No one's around and I'm just like, so this is my life, eh? Um, this is not what I wanted at all. I didn't sign up for this. Uh, you name it. I was probably yelling about it. Whether out all louder in my head. So, how do I overcome it and stay strong? In many ways, you kind of just have to. You have to choose if you want to or not, it's a choice. And you just have to choose to say, I'm gonna go through this. You have to choose to say to yourself, I'm going to fight this. But like I was saying, more importantly, I had to relearn everything on what it means to have true faith. To trust God with everything around you is uh, just falling apart, to put it into perspective. And yeah, uh, we can come back to that later, but uh, my friends Taylor and Jacob, shout out to you both. Uh, they both ask, am I doing better? Yes. <laughs> Physically, I'm doing much better. Uh, Far better than any other time I've been home. And I'm not saying I'm 100% as far as mentally, uh, but as far as uh, how I'm physically doing, yeah. I'm much better than what I was just a couple of weeks ago. And uh, by the caregiving of my mom and dad as well, uh, doing great, Uh, wouldn't be where I am without them. I wouldn't be where I am without a lot of people in my life. During that time, you really go through uh, probably the most loneliest time you ever have or you ever will have. But so many people were reaching out. So many people were reaching out and praying, sending messages, sending out videos, and um, that's when you have to remember that there are people that care about you. Even when you go through the periods of not feeling like it. Or maybe you go through a period in your life where you just want to get the attention of one person while being ignorant of all the people that do still care about you and that do have your attention or you do have their attention as well. You know, sometimes we Forget that, sometimes we get a little selfish. But it was this time that really showed how much people care and how much, how blessed, excuse me, how blessed I am to have the people I do have in my life, but how blessed we all are to have the right people in our lives, even though it's very easy to forget about that. Um, With that said, the next question comes from a newer friend of mine named Jetta. She's awesome. Shout out to you, Jetta. Um, She asks, were you at any time afraid for your life? If so, how did that affect you? Has it changed your outlook on life? I would say, yeah, I was. Um, I'm not gonna pretend to be like I wasn't ever afraid. Of course I was. Um, Like I said, um, that time when I was having my breathing issues, uh, that was rough. That was very frightening because you're alone and you're gasping for air and you're just panicking. Not, with, not really with your body, but your brain just freaks out. And so, yeah, there were times I was afraid. There were a few times I thought to myself, am I ever going to go home again? Because it just kept happening again and again and again. And it was just getting so tiresome. Um I was getting sick of it, um, I didn't know how much more my body could take, really. Um, when I think about it, it's just like, wow, you know, (laughs) um, yeah, I was afraid at points. I was stressed out. I did freak out a little bit. How did it affect me? Um... I think I'm, I don't know, just kind of working that out yet, I guess. Um, It affected me with how much I choose to trust God more often than I was. I think it made me... I don't know how to describe it. Again, I'm still kind of processing it. It's a lot to process. Um, I guess it affected me just with how I'm dealing with, like I was saying, talking about, like, wow, this is my life. This is the life I have to go through. And that was very difficult, still is, for me to digest, for me to accept. You know, at some point we all have to accept um, where we are in life, it's not a race. Yeah, I'm 27, but that doesn't mean anything. You can be 45 and still be going through um, a reset period in your life or a time in your life where you're making a new direction or you're starting over, that's okay. I think that was the point where I said, okay, you know what, that's fine. This is the life I was given. Excuse me. This is the life I've been blessed with. It's not the life I would've wrote out. Um it's not the life I prayed for. Um, but then again it's always up to God, not us. And it's for him, not ourselves. I mean, yeah, I don't um a lot of things I wanted a few years ago compared to my peers, uh, did not come into fruition yet. And I wanted something totally different by this point. I didn't want to be in the hospital at 27 at this time of year, fighting for my life. I didn't want that, but I was given it anyway. And you know what? Uh, It took me forever, but that's okay. That goes for everybody. That's okay. Um, You're not doing what you want to do. Right now, maybe God is something better. Um, You're not with the person you want to be with, that's okay. God may have someone better, or he may have a strong calling for you elsewhere. And when you really trust God, all the desires that you have in your life, they kind of fade away or they change. Your own desires change into the desires of the Lord. Uh, it says in the book of Psalms, it talks about the desires of your heart. And for a while that took a while for me to understand that the Lord will give you the desires of your heart. When you think about that, you think it's talking about, um, it's more literal, you think that's very literal. And that God will actually give you your wants or the desires you want right now. He'll give you the person you want to be with. He'll give you the job you want right now. He'll give you uh, the house you want, or that thing you want, that possession you want, whatever. Uh, but it's a little deeper than that because when you oh excuse me, when you really submit to the Lord and you abide under him, your desires change, they transform you could say your own desires match up with the desires that God has. For you. And I think that's really where I changed, and how it affected me. How everything I wanted had to change, or has to change to how God wants it, or to what God wants me to have, or what God has for me. I'm not saying you can't have your desires. By all means, don't let go of your own desires. But think about how the closer you get to God, the more your desires change into God's desires. I think that's a really heavy, heavy lesson that I had to learn, that I had to digest and deal with. Um, yeah, it was... that was very hard. And I think with everything that happened, I think mentally I'm still dealing with a lot. Uh, Emotionally still dealing with a lot, trying to figure things out. Um, and so yeah, so to answer that question, and she also says, has it changed your outlook on life? Yeah. Yeah, I think so, kind of what I just said about that. How your outlook on life is going to dramatically change. When you come out of the heavy experience that you go through, Um Um, It's not gonna be the life you wanted. It's not gonna be all the desires that you wish you had. When you finally come home, or when you finally get back to your life after going through something really horrible, um, and you fight for your life to get back to that normalcy that you wanted like we're all going through right now. Uh, That desire for, just get me out of here. I'm sick of fighting. I just wanna go home. Home is gonna be a different place. Very much so. Uh, Again, going back to the movie Castaway, uh, when Tom Hanks came home, as I was saying, everything was different. He had to change, too. Um, When life around you changes, um, you have to change along with it. Not on your own, but with the Holy Spirit. That's the only way you can really change and accept the life that you were given and realize that there's a whole direction There's a whole nother life that God has for you. Even if it's completely different from the life that you wanted. And this other question comes from, let's see here. Oh, look at that. Uh, This last question comes from my cousin, Luke. Shout out to Luke. How are you, buddy? Um, He told me, From your perspective, how have you seen God work through people during this time of confusion and chaos? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, Like I was saying, um, I was a COVID positive patient. So during my very last, hospitalization. I was in the midst of all the COVID chaos. Excuse me. I was in the midst of all the COVID chaos and with all the other COVID patients. And it was kind of scary because uh, a lot of the other COVID patients, they're not used to this. They're not used to be in the hospital, all alone, separated, and isolated from their families. And they have to fight for their lives just like that. And I I would talk with the nurses about, like, how are we doing with the other patients? And stuff to check in on them. And they were scared. A lot of patients were scared. And uh, you could feel their energy, you could feel their fear that these patients were going through. And um, man, it was very scary uh, just to feel the energy from them, to feel their pain, to feel their c- cries. Um, you know, like I said, they're not used to this. And I think it just really showed how much all right God is working through all of this. And that God really does have a plan even in the midst of all this. People are probably wondering why God is causing all this which is not like I said I believe God is allowing things to happen and uh, um, I think what I really saw in the hospital there being in the midst of all the COVID chaos because we were full there we were getting a lot of patients and we were Getting to the point of overload, and you could see all of the stress and all of that under the medical staff like, there's so much going on, and I felt bad for them so bad because it was just chaotic. Um, they did all right, like, they handled it fine, but you could see just the exhaustion on all of the nurses and everybody. And all I could do is pray for them. That's all I could do. And uh, finally I got to go home. But I believe, going back to your question, just to see the humility that this brought on the people, to see the, Um, just to see all of this, you know, people are like, oh, it's fake, or people are saying, oh, it's not that bad. Well, maybe for some people, it's not that bad, but the fear is there. The stress is there. The exhaustion is real. Uh, The overload and all the patients coming in and all these patients that are scared, they're sad because they're separated from their families. You feel it. That was right there in the middle of it, and it's just really eye-opening. And yeah, that's how I saw, I really saw God working through it. That he had to, that God was really moving through all of this. Um, I believe God still has a plan. I always believe that, and that God is in control ultimately, God is in control, He was always in control, and He always will be in control, even during all of this, and know uh, people are dying left and right, and Um, It's horrible. It really sucks. Um, But even in all this, any tragedy, any trial, any tribulation, God is still in control in all of this. And I think that was my final question for now. As far as for me... um, uh, That's a lot, sorry. Um, I'm hanging in there physically I feel great mentally emotionally still working on some stuff uh God and I you know we're still working on some things uh some stuff just stays between you and God, you and God, you know and i'm okay i'm I'm very blessed with my parents I'm very blessed with my two older sisters, who helped get people connected with me throughout my hospitalization, who helped with getting people to reach out with rest <laughs> videos, and all that, I felt the love. It was really great, I and mean, I think one hard thing to realize is that a lot of people were going through some really bad trials during this past couple months. Uh, some of my friends were going through horrible trials. Other people I knew were going through horrible trials. Uh, my church family, uh, they were going through some really difficult trials. And so, um, and I couldn't be there for them. I was busy fighting my own battle. I think that was one of the harder points, was I wanted to be there for these people, and I couldn't. But that's okay, because if you want to take care of other people, you have to make sure you're okay, too. And I ask you, when I tell you this, that if you're going through something Right now, or you've been through something recently, something really heavy, something traumatic, something that's really affected you mentally and emotionally, uh, check yourself, check yourself over, check your mentality, check your heart, which is a big one, and don't fight those demons all by yourself. Reach out to God. Shout out to God. Shout His name. Reach out to other people. Go get help, go to therapy, do whatever it takes to keep yourself in check. Don't pretend like you have it all together during this time of confusion and chaos. Don't pretend like you have to be the tough one. And let people love you. Let people help you. Let people pray for you. Until you're well, then you're able to reach out to them, to help them, whatever whatever it takes. And ultimately, just uh, let God work through you. Um, Even though you're frustrated that this isn't the life you wanted even though you're not up to par to where your peers are, or your friends are, or where your family is, it's okay. It is. Like I said, it's not a race. Um, life has a lot of crazy curves along the way. Sometimes you think you have it all figured out. Sometimes you want to take things yourself and go in your own direction to, to play catch up only to hit a wall and go through some really difficult times in order for God to get the message out to you that he is the one in control and he has a life already set for you that may be very different from the life you wanted to have years ago five years ago two years ago whatever and you're still not where you want to be but God has you right where you need to be God has you right where he wanted you to be all along That's the type of trust and faith that we are to have. Uh, A few weeks ago, somebody said that you can pray for what you want. I agree with that. Pray for what you want, but trust God for what you need. And with that, I'm gonna, think I'm gonna end the live stream here. I'll do this again sometime. And we'll keep going with the group chat here. Um, hello, Aunt Susie. Love and miss you. Uh, hello there, Mrs. Loeffler. Uh, it's great to see you too. Hope you're doing well with your family. Uh, God bless you. And with all that said, I'm glad to be home. Thank you all for the prayers. I'm praying for all of you. And, man. Yeah. yeah, so... That's where I'm at. Until next time, this is episode six of Handy Slapped. I'm Jordan Schrader. Take care, and God bless.